You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 62. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. It is good to be with you this week. This week, I want to talk about this concept of getting out of your comfort zone. I've had a lot of clients lately say, you know what, it just doesn't feel good to make changes to my diet and it just feels uncomfortable. And you know what, ladies, this is the point. Any sort of change that we want to make in our lives, whether that's related to our weight or our health or relationships or job or anything else, there will always be an element of discomfort. And, you know, you often see this meme out there, right? And and it shows a circle and inside it's written your comfort zone. And then outside the circle is written where change happens, right? And so it is important that we learn how to embrace the uncomfortable. And our brains are very much wired to stay comfortable. If you remember our primitive brain, which is our habit brain or our reptilian brain, the oldest part of our brain, it is all about survival. And it has only three goals to seek pleasure, to avoid pain and to use as little energy as possible. And what that really translates to is comfort, right? Your brain really wants to keep you in the surroundings and the environment and the circumstances and the habits and the routines that it knows and loves because it's comfortable. But if we wanted to, if we want to create new routines, if we want to create a new body or a new way of eating, then we really have to step out of what's comfortable for us. And there's a distinction that needs to be made here. And there is uncomfortable, and then there is scared shitless and extremely painful. And that is not what we're going for. And here's an example of how this plays out. So I had my period last week. Maybe that's too much information, but it's the reality of life as a woman. So I'm going to tell this story. And, you know, they have been heavy and a little bit unpredictable lately. I am entering my perimenopausal years, and this comes along with a whole bunch of unpleasant, uncomfortable stuff. So I've had no choice but to embrace the uncomfortable because my body isn't giving me a choice in a lot of these things. But I had a ridiculous chocolate craving the day before my period started. Probably the strongest craving I have had in quite a long time. And I practice what I preach when it comes to my own cravings. So I sat down and I processed my my urge and I felt the feelings and it sucked. It was uncomfortable, um, very uncomfortable for me. But not painful, not undoable, and certainly not to a point where I felt scared shitless. It was just uncomfortable. And I let myself sit with that discomfort for a while. The urge for chocolate passed and I went on with my evening. No big deal. And 
why this was such a big deal for me to be able to say no to that chocolate and not just say no, but to actually get to the point where I didn't actually need it anymore was so good for me because every time I have a craving for chocolate and I go ahead and eat it, I then get in that shame spiral and I have to, you know, I have to work my way through it. Like that part is still hard for me. I always teach people not to feel guilty, not to feel ashamed, not to feel bad if you eat something that you didn't plan for, but this is a place that I really struggle. And so it was really good for me to show up for myself, embrace that discomfort, and then really celebrate the fact that I was successful. That is what happens when we embrace discomfort. Now, here's another example. I am okay talking into this microphone to record podcast episodes for you because I'm just sitting here staring at a computer screen. There's no faces, no eyeballs looking at me. It's just me and the computer screen. So I can do that and feel feel pretty darn safe. But when it comes to public speaking, that is probably the most discomfort I could ever imagine feeling. And in fact, in the past, when I have had to step up to a microphone, in front of other faces, I have gone into complete fight or flight mode and might well freeze. Actually, my body just shuts down completely. My mouth goes completely dry. I can't focus. I can't remember what I'm going to say. And it is terrifying. I actually feel unsafe. So this is more than just discomfort. This is putting me in a place that feels unsafe. And for some of you, when it comes to your relationship with certain foods, you might actually have that level of discomfort. And, you know, this was certainly the case for me, you know, many years ago when I was still binging, um, you know, there was... I was in my residency and I'd have these 36 hour long shifts at the hospital that were just horrible. And I would drive home and I would stop at the grocery store and I had specific things that I would buy. I would buy this specific cheese to eat with specific French bread. I would also get some form of chocolate and a bag of chips. This was, I mean, it sounds horrible now, but this is what I would have to do when I got off of these shifts, it was just the only way I could bring myself back to myself. And, you know, this is also incidentally when I started gaining a lot of weight. But during that period of time, I really wanted to stop that binging behavior. I recognized that it was unhealthy um, and it wasn't something that I wanted to do anymore. But I really had no idea how else I would handle all of these crazy emotions that I had at the end of these shifts. Part of it was physical fatigue, obviously, after 36 hours of running around a hospital. Part of it was also, you know, it's it's stressful, you know, when you're learning how to be a doctor and you're making decisions about people's lives and you're all on your own, it just, it's a big burden. And so I would come off of these shifts absolutely terrified that maybe I had made a decision that caused somebody harm. And I would think about all the patients that I had cared for that day and I would worry about them. And I really was just having a hard time leaving the hospital at the hospital when I came home at the end of the day. And that's really what the food was doing for me was allowing me to bury all of those emotions. And when I thought of no longer binging, I just had no other way to manage those feelings at the time. And so stopping the binging actually felt 
equally as terrifying as public speaking. It felt unsafe. So it wasn't just about being uncomfortable. It was feeling unsafe. And that's where you have to draw the line. And so what was... What was very interesting to me about having that awareness that I wanted to stop the binging, but I just couldn't, was actually very powerful because then I was able to go and get the help I needed to deal with all of these things in a more effective way. And then once I did that, then then it just felt uncomfortable and not unsafe to address the, the binging. And that's the distinction there. And so when you are looking at changing your diet and you know in our programs at Ways of Health we talk about having your food protocols so this isn't a set of rules per se but it's just how you want to be eating that makes you feel good and energetic and healthy in your life and we try to base our our meals around these things. There's always space to have whatever you want, but for the majority of the meals, we're just trying to have what's on the protocol. And when we first sit down to write the protocol, there's a lot of discomfort because for many women, you are eating whatever your comfort food is. Maybe it's chocolate, maybe it's chips, maybe it's Coke, um, you know, maybe it's cheese. It's cheese for a lot of people, you know, whatever it is. If you look at the way you're eating right now, you're probably having those things on a fairly regular basis. But if you would like to not be eating those things on a regular basis, it can be really uncomfortable to not put those things on the protocol. And so here is a tip for working through some of this discomfort. And I feel like for lots of people, the cold turkey situation works that you can just say no more cheese for me, no more chocolate for me and be done with it. But my sense is that is actually the minority of women. I feel like most women have to take a little bit more of a moderation approach to get there with food anyway. I think when it comes to um, other um, addictions or other dependencies on things that we have in our lives, maybe the cold turkey works. But I think often with food, we have to take a little bit of a different approach. And this is where that concept of the 1% wins comes in. So rather than saying no more cheese or chocolate ever, we're just going to work on having a little bit less. So, you know, this is what I did before, you know, so a few years ago when I was trying to um, limit the amount of chocolate that I was having in my life, I was, I no joke, I was having a chocolate bar nearly every day. And at the time, my favorite were Reese's peanut butter cups. So I was probably having like, you know, the, the full sized chocolate bar that comes with the three um, peanut butter cups in it. I just decided instead of having one every day, I was just going to have one four days a week four days a week. And that was actually pretty easy for me because there were some weeks when I wasn't even having one every day. It was just maybe two or three. So now that I had given myself permission to have four per day or sorry, four per week, the level of discomfort was much less. And, you know, before long, I was really only having like one single Reese's peanut butter cup, um, maybe once every three or four days. And then not much longer after that, I just wasn't having them at all. Now, maybe once every six months, I have Reese's peanut butter cups and they're totally not an issue for me. And so I, I t- kind of took it from, you know, it, it felt kind of scary 
scary, maybe a little bit unsafe to say no to them completely. It felt super uncomfortable, but doable to just limit the amount that I was having each week. And then once I felt comfortable again with having them just three, three times a week or whatever, then I could push myself into that little bit of discomfort to have just one Reese's peanut butter cup instead of all three of them. And then we just make change one after another like that. And so if you think of other examples where this might play out, so, you know, the gym or movement of any kind is an excellent example, right? We all hear that you can't go from, you know, being a total couch potato to running a, you know, 20 minute 5k overnight. There's a process, right? You have to kind of build up and train and bring your body to the point where you can run that distance at that particular speed. And the thing is, when you're first starting, even going five minutes can be uncomfortable. And so often we think about how uncomfortable it's going to feel and that actually stops us from doing it. So instead, we need to embrace that discomfort a little bit, knowing that the more we do it, the more comfortable it's going to get, right? So if you just go out for a five-minute run three days a week, after a few weeks, those five minutes are going to feel easy. They're no longer uncomfortable, right? And then you can add five more minutes and then again, that's going to feel uncomfortable until you do it enough until it's not right. And so telling yourself that the discomfort is only temporary is just a really good trick to get you through it. Another thing that you can remind yourself in situations like that is that the discomfort is only temporary in the moment as well. So if you think of most workouts, like how many times do we suggest to ourselves, um, you know what, I don't feel like working out today, but I'm just going to do five minutes. And then if it really sucks, I'll stop. And then nine times out of 10, maybe even more often than that, you do those first five minutes and then it feels good and you want to keep going. So just reminding yourself that the dis- that that discomfort is only going to be temporary can be helpful as well. Take a look at the thoughts that are roaming through your head. If you're noticing things like, I just don't want to do it, or it's going to be uncomfortable, or it's going to suck, then just ask yourself, is this feeling uncomfortable or is this feeling unsafe? If it's feeling unsafe, then take a look at what might be going on around those circumstances that are making you feel unsafe. Like for me, when it comes to that whole fear of public speaking, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it probably has to do with, you know, fear of, you know, making a mistake or embarrassing myself or humiliating myself or completely failing. That's probably what the basis of it of it is. I, I don't even know. The experience is just so terrifying for me. And I have made the decision now that I need to deal with this fear of public speaking because at some point I would like to do a TED talk. At some point I'd like to be on breakfast TV. You know, at some point I'd like to be doing some live events and actually talking to you guys face to face. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to solve for this fear of public speaking. And So I have agreed to do grand rounds at my hospital, and this is talking in front of a bunch of other doctors, um, and it's going to be scary and challenging and difficult for me, but I am getting some help from people who know about public speaking, and I am trying to work through it 
in safe spaces. So I'll practice in front of people I know and love, um, people who I know will not judge me, people who are supportive, and I'll slowly start to practice speaking in front of more and more people until I can at least just bring it down to that place where it feels uncomfortable. I don't think public speaking is ever going to be a comfy thing for me, but I'm thinking I can at least bring it to a place where it's just uncomfortable and I know that I can do the uncomfortable because I do it every day on my weight loss journey. So that's what you do if you're feeling unsafe. Now, Oftentimes, if we're feeling unsafe, it's because it's triggering memories or feelings from traumas that we've experienced in the past. If this is the case for you, and I'm talking about big T traumas here. So if you have been physically, sexually, emotionally abused in the past, and that's what's coming up for you when you're feeling unsafe, then I do strongly suggest that you um, see a therapist, see a counselor, somebody who um, is trained to help you through all of this. It's not something that you really want to address on your own. Um, If it's certainly something like public speaking that isn't really associated with big T traumas, but maybe little T traumas, then you know, just just use your best judgment. And if it's going to feel too unsafe to address it, then I suggest that you do bring that to a therapist or a counselor or somebody trained in doing these things to to help you sort through it. If it's simply uncomfortable, then you got to give yourself just a little bit of tough love here. And, you know, it this then this is why it's important to make that distinction between feeling unsafe versus feeling uncomfortable. And sometimes your brain is going to want to trick you into thinking you're unsafe when really you're just uncomfortable. So you've got to get honest with yourself and then you have to give yourself a little bit of tough love because you have to push through the discomfort. It's the only way to make change. If you sit and do things that feel familiar and feel comfortable, if you keep eating the same damn foods every day, if you keep not wanting to move your body because it's more comfy to sit on the couch, if you don't want to address the relationships in your life that are causing you stress, if you don't want to deal with all the things that are piling up in your life and making you feel overwhelmed and subsequently eat, if you're not willing to actually address all of these things that are holding you back in your life, then you are never going to get the changes that you want. And so give yourself the tough love. Know that that discomfort is temporary. Know that if you keep doing that uncomfortable thing for a period of time, that discomfort is just going to go away on its own. And then you'll find the next level, right? The next level of discomfort that you get to push through. This is how we make change. And remember again that you don't have to go all or nothing. You can make it as least uncomfortable as you can, right? And that's with that that's where the whole 1% wins comes in. So just find how you could be just 1% uncomfortable rather than 100% uncomfortable. Find the little thing, push yourself through it. If you do that step by step, then you will get the results that you want. So thank you for listening to this today. I really just wanted to make this distinction between comfortable versus uncomfortable versus unsafe, because I have been hearing so many women lately say that, you know, it's just uncomfortable. I don't like it. And 
I want to be the loving, supportive coach and say it's okay and pat you on the back. But what I have to say, the honest truth is that you do have to suck it up, buttercup, and push through that discomfort. Just be aware of where your limits are. Be aware of when you feel unsafe, and then you will see all of your results come true. All right. Thanks for listening this week. If you need some help pushing through this, head on over to the website, www.waysofhealth.com forward slash roadmap, and you can download a guide that will help you get started on dealing with the discomfort around your relationship with food. You can also reach out to me anytime on social media. I'm on both Instagram and Facebook at Ways of Health, and I'll see you next week. Bye for now.